0: Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone. Military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com. Welcome back, two of the bill michaels show we are broadcasting live we're in minneapolis minnesota just today uh, tomorrow getting back into uh, the home studio and then tomorrow night we have the nfl draft and we'll bring you all that coverage starting at seven o'clock tomorrow night so make sure, as they say, you set your dial and set the time. And uh, make sure you take a listen on many of these same network stations. Joining us here in uh, our makeshift studio inside the Hewing Hotel in Minneapolis, our good buddy Paul Charchin. How you been, man?
1: I've been uh, fantastic. It's the best week of the year for me. I mean, I, I love the NFL draft because you have unparalleled drama in a way you don't get any other time of the year. Right. I mean, nothing else is like this. Even the other drafts aren't like this. The baseball draft is nothing like this. Well, let
0: me say this. It was one year ago tomorrow that I got the phone call from you, and it said, Mm. hey, you may want to take a listen to Paul Allen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's when the drama began.
1: Yeah, and you were already having a bad day and right, right. then um and then that whole thing dropped about Aaron Rodgers yeah. not wanting to be a Packer. Then you took all kinds of heat yep. because you listened to a Viking person right, telling you exactly. that, that Aaron Rodgers didn't want yeah. to be a, a Packer and uh, were ultimately vindicated. And um and now it, although that is not, you know, maybe for your listeners, that's the weirdest most bizarre draft day event ever. But nothing like Laramie Tuncel. No. I oh, mean, God, no. I mean, that's the, to me, this is about the weirdest thing that's ever happened in a live moment. And I think for somebody like you, you were probably in a similar position, but mine was. I'm at the official Vikings draft party, <laughs> myself and Paul Allen <laughs> on stage in front of thousands of people right. when this hits. And you're looking at it going, can I run with this? Right. This is from Laramie Tunsell's own account yeah. of a guy smoking a bong through a gas mask. Right. And I'm watching the video, going, <laughs> "It's not him. It's not him. It's not him." And then he lifts up the gas mask, and you're like, oh, "Yeah, it's him." Right. So what do you do in that moment? Exactly. Oh, I've never seen anything quite like that before in the moment. I'm you trying know? to think. I mean,
0: that's draft day mishaps. I mean, we've obviously had the Eugene Robinson the night before the Super Bowl when he picked yes. up a hooker ever after doing the prayers, and we had Stanley. Wilson for the Bengals with a pile of blow in his room the night before yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Oakland that Raiders. Raider guy went yeah. to
1: Mexico and yeah. like passed out or he, whatever. Yeah, he took off yeah. their
0: offensive lineman So we've had a few weird ones in big moments where guys just flake, you know, flaked out. But, uh, but yeah. We pull, still
1: don't know who posted that to Lar- Laramie Tunsell's account.
0: Right. Right. Uh, We don't know. We don't know. He knows, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. But we don't know. Yeah, because there was only so many people in that room and only so many people that had that video. Yes. You know.
1: Oh, how about this one? Another draft day mishap. Right before. Now, this is like 20 years ago, maybe even more now. Warren Sapp got connected with marijuana use right before the draft. That rumor started to pick up all kinds of steam, like the night before Mm -hmm. the draft or the morning of the draft.
0: I kind of remember that, yeah. And...
1: Sap was widely considered to be planning to go to be one of the first one, two, three players taken in that draft, probably number one. And he slipped all the way to Tampa at like, I don't know, 10 or something. Vikings passed on him and took a guy at his position who never amounted to anything. And we've been kicking ourselves over that mistake for 20 years now.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, at least you haven't had to deal with the aftermath of Warren Sapp after his playing career Uh and the things that have gone on at the uh, Las Vegas hotel ballrooms and such. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about that.
1: Well, we'd have taken the Hall of Famer, trust me. Right, right. The Hall (laughs) of
0: Fame side, you'd take in a heartbeat. uh, So let's talk about the NFC North. I mean, you know, Rodgers is coming back, but they've lost two wide receivers in MVS and they lost Devontae Adams. Uh, You pick up Sammy Watkins. Give me your thoughts as to where their talent level is right now.
1: Offensively. Yeah. I love your running game, and your offensive line should come back and be better than last year, where everybody played out of position and mm-hmm. was never a factor. And so uh, I still think I think this team needs to be able to be a power running game from time to time. Based on who you've got right now, right. that'll change in twenty four hours. But yeah, it's uh I, I, you've got two really good. Running backs, two of the top fifteen, probably. I I would be a much more run heavy team until Aaron Rodgers is able to get to get to learn how to utilize the now right now meager weapons that he's got.
0: What do you feel? I mean, the, the what does Sammy Watkins mean to this
1: team? Nothing, dude. Is he's not? I don't know, whatever he's not fifteen. You know, there's yeah. you know there have been so many other teams that have needed him to step up and be a meaningful contributor. And you, you just don't get it. Right. Um, you know, That's I just, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything to see here, to be honest. He will be a guy where if you throw a, you know, you throw a spiral at, you know, at his chest, he'll probably catch it. And he won't give you a lot more than that. And, you know, honestly, right now that counts for something to have, have a veteran yeah. who can catch a pass. But he's not going to change games for you, I don't believe.
0: What about, what about a guy like, I know Jarvis Landry's asking for a lot of money. And looking at what the way the market has changed dramatically after yeah. the Adams signing and then the Tariq Hill signing, he's going to get some money. I don't know if he's going to get what he's asking for but is he still got gas in the tank so no, to speak not
1: really i mean he's a guy or was
0: cleveland a place where guys go to die and then get a new crew cuz i mean look at what obj did once he got out with matt matthew stafford
1: but the thing on jarvis lander even going back to his miami days when he was younger and better than he is now he's a guy who catches the ball somewhere between 5 yards behind the line of scrimmage and 5 yards in front of the line of scrimmage and then gives you a couple more yards after the catch and that's that's it he's just not anybody He's at best a chain mover and he's just not a chain uh, a game changing kind of player and I I feel like all he would be bringing the packers is again somebody if you you know if you throw a spiral he'll catch it and, mm-hmm. and that I don't think he gives you much more than that so I would I'd be very leery about making an investment there.
0: How many do you think the packers take wide receiver wise in this if draft? One,
1: you know, if one is not taken in the first round I will be astounded and nobody's talking about this except me. I think there's a 10 15 20% chance they put both picks into wide receiver yeah. if the requisite guys fall because this team needs two wide receivers yeah. and this is a great the the receivers on the uh, the high end of this draft are very good. So, uh I I I would be shocked if there aren't the two is the bare minimum that you come Do
0: out you of this buy draft into with. the fact that while there are good wide receivers in this draft, there is not a Justin Jefferson, there is not a um you know the uh, Jamar Chase. There's not that level of talent here. There's good ones, but they're not that elite good ones.
1: Well, keep in mind Justin Jefferson was picked 25 in the mm-hmm. first round. Nobody thought right. Justin Jefferson was going to be ju- Justin right, Jefferson. Right, right. Uh, but uh, Jamison Williams, assuming the ACL rehab goes well, right, has all the upside of the elite players in the past couple of years drafts. Yeah. And had he, you know, had he not blown out his a ACL, a four nine. I know i know and Which you just, is you just wonder, crazy you worry the acl will sap some of that bill but how much you know if, if he's still like a four three eight guy he's still <laughs> right. plenty fast but what made him so special at alabama was the downfield separation and just running past defenders right. and so you worry a little bit does the acl give him any long-term sap of that speed and um yeah, so I you know I think he certainly counts as, as a receiver that that would make some sense to be a potential game changer, and um, and then uh, Chris Olave Ohio State is uh, is a very very polished good receiver who has high end upside. I like Garrett Wilson even better. Mm-hmm. Slippery, also very fast. He's a four three eight guy as well, yeah. and uh, both Olave and Garrett Wilson highly productive in that offense, which we love. When you get these super fast players, the worry is always are they a track star? lumbering around in in, 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 right. in pads and will ultimately never translate because that happens a lot. But these were highly productive, fast, slippery players with good hands who can adjust to the ball. Um, I think Garrett Wilson will be the first wide receiver taken, and I, I believe Jamison Williams will be the second.
0: What, what do you think about London coming out of USC?
1: Well, your, your high end is he is, and there's a, there's a scenario where he drops to Green Bay or Green Bay has yeah. to just move up a little bit to get him, and that that could happen your best-case scenario is he's Mike Evans. The big body, the ability to box out all of the leaping catches, the contested Mm -hmm. catches, and he's not as slow. He doesn't lumber like a lot of the big-bodied wide receivers, which makes Drake London pretty special. And I I love that part of his game. He's got that attitude that says, the ball's coming to me, and I own this catch. And I just some guys got that, Bill, and some guys don't. And I love that about Drake London. But because he's not a burner. He's, you know, he's not he's, he doesn't have the flashy big play upside that the other guys we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that suppresses his value for a lot of teams, not all teams. But if you wanted a week one contributor, ready to help the Packers more right. than any other receiver in this draft, Drake London's the guy.
0: So, we were talking last night about, okay, what are the other needs? Um, We both kind of agree that I think the right tackle position has to be solidified for this team. Uh, Probably another edge rusher, more depth in the trenches defensively. On paper, they've got a lot of starters that are really, really good. And if everybody remains healthy, it's a hell of a team. If you get into depth, I think there's a couple of areas where you're probably going to be a little bit scarce when it comes to talent. And usually that matriculates through to your special teams. So if what? you're going... Always oh, a, always oh, well, a yeah.
1: ginger topic.
0: Yeah not, the, yeah, not the best of topics right now. So, you know, everybody just assumes that because Basacci is showing up, that suddenly the special teams are going to become at least top 15. Not necessarily if you don't have the talent to back it up, uh, albeit maybe some different, you know, schemes will help, but. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, you keep wondering about the depth of this team. Give me your thoughts on, because we talked about tackle. So right tackle would be an issue. Yeah. And there's um, a kid
1: from Minnesota. Who yeah. is an amazing pure right tackle, and I don't know, you know how, you know how much you know about him. His name is Daniel Fa'alele. Mm-hmm. He's six foot eight, yeah. two hundred, three hundred forty pounds. He reminds me of Phil He Yes, that's a great analogy. Yeah, that's what great he reminds analogy. me of. Yes, Ab- pure right tackle, just all road grader to him. Yeah, you know, he's not going to be a, it's not going to be a great footwork pass blocking guy, but his pass blocking is not. He can pass block well enough. Right. And then he can just maul people in the run. Yeah. And so he's somebody that most people are targeting, Daniel Fa'alele as a early second round pick. That's not so far that the Packers couldn't take him near the end of the first round and right. trade back a few picks and, and take him there. Yeah, what?
0: and then they still end up with an, in that. See, I've said that, too, that if they decided to trade up to get a wide receiver, they may take that next first-round pick and trade back to get it's an out, additional pick. Yeah. And that way they still end up with the same amount. They still have a first-round pick, and then you get a guy maybe early on in the second round. Uh, of the draft. So that might be something that they actually do. So we're talking right tackle. Uh, Let me ask you this, because I haven't even talked anything about the rest of the teams in the, in the NFC North, but Minnesota seems to be the next closest team to what the Packers are. It feels that way. So how far away is Minnesota and what are their needs?
1: It's really weird. I've never gone into doing this. My draft coverage is now 25 years with the Vikings. Mm -hmm, Right. Never gone into a draft where I've said, we don't have some one glaring hole that's so bad we have to fill it early. Right. This is the this is a year where not only do we have a new GM but a totally new philosophy. Our previous GM Rick Spielman's overriding philosophy was trade down, trade down, trade down, trade down. You know, keep getting sixth and seventh round picks who never pan out. Right. It was a horrible, horrible philosophy. I hated it then. I hate it now. Now we've got a new GM that's almost entirely analytically driven and has said that he is looking for explosive players, both sides of the ball, players that have traits that will distinguish them on the field. And as the Vikings stand right now, while they have, they certainly have team needs, I'm not suggesting they don't have any needs, but their front-line starters are almost set across offense and defense, mm-hmm. so they're in a position to really go best player available at 12. And that could be any of a, I have a handful of guys, and I'm happy to tell you who I think they'll take, but it's it's a weird position to be in where you really do feel like they can just take the best player at twelve or just trade down. I think all the quarterbacks will be there at twelve. Yeah. If Pittsburgh wants to move up, if the Saints want to move up, I think this is. I think there's a great chance the Vikings move down.
0: How how many quarterbacks actually go in this first round?
1: Great question. I I, I have two. two. I got two. And I, even that, to me, I think it's a and you know, I'm
0: driving in today, and I'm listening, and people are saying that, you know, there's going to be a surprise. There's going to be five guys. I'm like, oh. who the hell's who's, – who's, then th- then three of those GMs need to be fired.
1: That's my feeling. Yeah. These guys just don't grade out like that. And if these quarterbacks were in last year's draft, n- none of them would be going in the first round. Right. They'd all be out of the first round. Uh, but it's only because this is these are the guys we have to choose from that there's even talk about a Malik Willis going in the first round. Right. Some people think he'll go as high as two. Uh, Malik hmm. Willis, I don't I don't think that's going to be the case cuz I don't think he grades out anywhere close to that level.
0: Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, Paul Charchian and joining us here inside the Hewing Hotel, talking a little bit of NFL draft, the NFC North, all that kind of good stuff. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming up, coming up right after this.
1: Right Ready? This
0: is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Good afternoon. On a bright, sunshiny day here in Minneapolis. I know, I know, I'm across enemy lines. I apologize for that, but did a little traveling over the last couple of days and didn't want to miss the shows leading up to the NFL draft. Didn't want to miss the show, so I figured, you know, it's kind of a working trip. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll hang out together, give you a little view uh, inside the Hewing Hotel. In addition to that, to give you a little view outside the Hewing Hotel on the streets that uh, right here, uh, the intersection, that's right out in front of the Hewing Hotel. For those of you watching on the uh, the Bud Light live stream, give you that as well. Joining us now on the hotline, our buddy Peter uh, Peter Bukowski of the Lockdown Packers podcast. Find him at Peter underscore Bukowski. Peter, how you doing, man?
2: I'm good. I'm excited for, for the draft to finally be here. We can talk about the players very very soon, and not just the speculation. So,
0: what do you feel after all of this that's been speculated about? What do you feel is going to happen tomorrow <laughs> night with those two picks?
2: Oh, I feel like it's going to be a uh, – it's either going to be a great time on social media and for people like you and I who have to talk about this or it's going to be uh, an apocalypse. I, I can't I can't decide which one, but it's going to be one of those two. The
0: – when I started to go through this uh, over the last 24 hours, and really – I mean, I've been diving deep into this anyway and starting to look at different players, but – So many people have so many different mock drafts into who the Packers are going to take. Some say the Packers are obviously going to go after not one but two wide receivers. Others say, you know what, the Packers are going to just play their board, do what they do. They may even trade out of this thing before it's all said and done. I can't imagine them trading out. I can see them trading up and getting the guy that they want at the wide receiver position and then maybe trading back out of the first round to get um, whomever it may be, a tackle or an edge rusher or what have you. But I don't think I would be. Would you be shocked if the Packers stayed with their stayed where they're at with both picks?
2: I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I, here's what I think we have to understand about, and I, I've been this is I've been guilty of this too, is we, we talk about it, a, a team like Green Bay that has a a way of doing things. They have a model, and it's worked. Going back to the Ron Wolf days, Brian Gudekinst is ultimately a disciple of Ron Wolf. And I would say he more resembles Wolf than Thompson in the way that he has been aggressive to move around to sign players. His his model of team building is is very different from someone like Ted Thompson. That said, they do still use uh, things like their their receiver p- preferences. They want bigger guys. They want faster guys. They want you know good three cones on these guys to be able to move. And and not all of these receivers are going to fit that model. In fact, very few of these receivers actually fit that model. But here's the difference is we, we talk about this team and what they've done in the past. And we have to look at the context, what they did with Aaron Rodgers in 2015, 2016, 2017 is it just doesn't resemble where this team is now, because at that time, they thought they had 10 more years with Aaron Rodgers. And so you can plan for the future a little bit differently. They also, at that time, they've got guys like Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb on their roster. They they had these defensive needs that they they were trying to address. Well, that's not where they are now. We know that this is a a now short-term proposition with Aaron Rodgers, one, two, maybe three years more. Devontae Adams is gone. There's, they, they, have, they have not been in a situation like this where they haven't had a bona fide number one receiver since when? Mike Sherman? I mean, it's been a, I mean, it's been a long yeah. time since they've been in a position like this. So I, I don't think we can say, well, the Packers always do this thing, and so that means they're going to do this thing, same thing now. No, they've never been in a position like this, and we've seen Brian Goodkin over the last few years when there have been major things that this team has to address he has gone after those needs in earnest, and, and I expect him to do that. Now, does that mean they have to take a guy in the first round? No, but I I don't think it's going to be one of those things where we get we get to, you know, late on on Friday night and we're going. When are they going to When are they going to do it? When are they going to take a pass catcher? I, I, I would be I would be shocked if that happened.
0: So, what guy do you have your eye on that you say this is the guy I would love to see to come into this Packers organization?
2: So I look at this in, in – there's, there's this first tier of guys. And in that tier one, it's, it's the, the top, the Garrett Wilsons, the Drake Londons, the Chris Olave, the Jamison Williams, the Traylon Burks. That's my tier one. I think George Pickens is just a step outside. Any of those six guys would be the, immediately the most talented receiver on this team. And I think all of them could be – legitimate number one options for the Packers. If you're going to trade up, I think there's two guys. It's Drake London, the kid from USC who did not run, but, but I, and there's some concerns about his speed. I don't have those concerns. I think he's a perfect fit for this offense. He's got the kind of talent. He's still only 20 years old who can, who can develop into a superstar receiver. And the other one is Jamison Williams from Alabama. If the medicals check out on the knee and from, from everything that I've heard and everything that I've seen reported, he is ahead of schedule on the knee. He's doing great. Posted a video of, of the workouts he was doing, and the Packers have the preeminent knee guy in their building. So they're, they're going to know his speed is special. And if he just becomes, you know, taller T.Y. Hilton, you've got a really good player um, and, and it would be great with Aaron Rodgers who wants to throw it deep. The, the, the guy that I think is a great fit who's falling and I think is most likely to be in that range, in that 22-28 to 28 range, is Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas. He is my wide receiver, too, in this draft. He needs, some, he needs some polish, but in terms of a guy who can make plays with the ball in his hand, who, who can excel early precisely because uh, he can just make plays, just get him the ball and he can go do the thing. In this offense with Matt LaFleur, so much of it is RPO screens, crossing routes, go routes, um, you know, deep over routes where he's not having to, to run these timing routes from the Mike McCarthy era where you have, to, you have to be perfectly in sync with your quarterback, hit the top of the drop, ball out. No, it's not like that, and it, Traylon Burch is not going to give you that. He's the guy where we could be talking about this in two or three years where it's like, oh, th- th- it's A.J. Brown. He's that kind of player. Um, he's got that kind of physical ability. And and he's he's six six three, a legitimate two hundred thirty um of of rock solid muscle. I mean, he's he's built for the cold weather in Green Bay. That's that's the guy I've got my eye on at twenty two for Green Bay.
0: You know, we had Paul Charchian on earlier, and he was talking about him and and kind of compared him to the Debo Samuel of Arkansas football. Yep. He was doing it all. He was running back. He was wide out. He played tight end at one point. He was doing a little bit of everything, and they were using him in many different facets, which is what Matt LaFleur ultimately wants to do. It's that same offshoot of the Kyle Shanahan style of offense, a lot of motion, a lot of movement, a lot of mismatches, putting a guy in position to be successful. So – I can see a guy like Burks coming in uh, to this situation. If they do get a wide out uh, early on, the next need, I, I know people don't like to talk about the trenches because they're not flashy, but they need a right tackle. I still think a right tackle, uh, maybe a pure right tackle, is in the is in the future for the Packers. Do you? So
2: I – this is, this is tough because I think – the most likely right tackle for the Packers in 2022 and beyond is, is Elton Jenkins. I think, I think they're going to slide him across. I think he's going to play there after what we saw at left tackle from him last year. I just don't know how you, you leave that thinking there's any better option on your team or frankly, almost anywhere else um, than, than Elton Jenkins. I mean, to to have him and David Bakhtiari both there um, and, and bookend you with, with John Runyon and Josh Myers in the middle, figure out if Royce Newman is the guy I think I think what you could see is the the Packers love to take tackles who can play guard they did that with Royce Newman they did that with Josh Sitton they did that with TJ Lang I think what you'll see is they will take starting on day two um, an offensive lineman who played tackle someone like Sean Ryan at UCLA is a guy I really really like and I think could be on their radar has the, the athletic profile that they tend to like Someone who you give him a chance to play tackle early, but also cross-train him at guard and, and give him a chance to compete with Royce Newman at that right guard spot. I think that could make a lot of sense. I, I trust the Packers with Adam Stenovich and Matt LaFleur to say, we will put the best five guys out there at the positions that make the most sense for us. To me, they have three tackles that you feel good about with Bakhtiari Jenkins and, and Yash Nijman. I think they have two interior offensive linemen that you feel good about right now. You might end up feeling good about Royce Newman eventually, but we're not there yet with him. So I think if they're going to add on the offensive line, you, you you go back to your roots for Green Bay and you get a tackle who maybe can be a swing tackle for you, but is probably a guard, someone in that Lane Taylor mold. And I think a, a guy like Sean Ryan is a, is a great uh, a great potential fit there.
0: I'm talking with Peter Bukowski of the Lockdown On Packers podcast, at Peter underscore Bukowski is where you can find his stuff. Now moving over to the defensive side of the football um, you know, we talk about edge rusher to replace Zedaria Smith, albeit Zedaria really didn't play last year, so you're not replacing anybody, so to speak, other than a roster spot. Then there's additional defensive trenches help with Kenny Clark. You brought in Jerron Reed, and then you've got TJ Slayton behind him. You still got uh, Dean Lowry, but uh, I, you know, it, defensively speaking, what becomes the need? And if if let's just say for blanks and giggles, they do not, after this season, keep because of the, the mounting price tag that goes along with it. If they don't keep Jair, which I can't imagine they're not doing, but do you draft another defensive back just in case?
2: So if you're going to go defensive back and we're going to talk about someone who, who they might not keep beyond this year, I think you have to look at safety because while I think Darnell Savage is going to get his fifth-year option picked up, Um, he is, I I, I sort of don't understand the fan skepticism around him. And even some of the media skepticism around him, the team loves this guy. They think his ceiling is, is essentially unlimited. The players love him. Um, I would be shocked if he is not a long-term green Bay Packer. Um, but Adrian Amos is going into the last year of his deal. They've reworked that contract a number of times. So there's voids and dead money at the end, um, with the expectation, at least in in my view, that this is going to be the last year that he's in Green Bay. So is a safety something that they would look at? I think at the end of the first, there are some guys that are, that are really appealing. Um, Lewis seen from Georgia is, is almost a carbon copy of Adrian Amos and his ability to play that split safety. Look to spin down, to come down and and run the alley and lay running back out. He's a hitter, but he can run. I mean, four, three, eight speed um a Daxon Hill from Michigan who played in the slot but I think is is going to be a a, uh, safety you talk to some people and they'll tell you the NFL teams think he's a corner um because of his movement skills I mean a six three uh six seven five three cone is is freaky for a guy as big as he is at at, you know six foot 195 and then the guy that I love absolutely love from Baylor um Jalen Petrie I think he's I think he's Tyron Matthew 2.0 he's 5'11 198 but he plays edge at times, blitzes like a linebacker, fits the run like a linebacker. I mean, you watch this guy in big in the Big Twelve, and he's flying around making plays. Played in the, as, a, as a slot corner by name, but he was a slot corner in name only because he was he just flew around and, and made plays everywhere. Someone who could play the star role for the Packers um, in in the short run could become a safety and, and could be just a movable chess piece for the Packers. If he's there in the 50s, you know, someone like Jalen Petrie at 53, uh, I would do a backflip for that. I mean, he's, he is an unbelievable player to watch. I, I, I don't know if how he's going to hold up at the next level trying to do some of that same stuff at his size. But I think safety is, is definitely a spot where, where you, you want to look to add because um, even, even if they find a way to extend Adrian Amos, who is your third safety? And they played a third safety last year about a third of the time. So if you're going to play those big nickel looks, it can't be someone like Henry Black. You have to you have to get someone who can play a little bit, um, you know, more consistently. And so if if you are not going to have Adrian Amos in a year, and you want to play three safeties, it just sort of makes sense to say here's this rookie who can be your third safety in the short run, and then cashes out as a starting safety. Overall, I think that's that's a sneaky need for Green Bay, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if that's one of their first three picks is a safety.
0: Good stuff as always, Peter. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, We're going to touch base uh, down the road. And once the draft is complete, uh, we'll kind of evaluate this thing all over again. So uh, keep your phone handy, okay?
2: Will do. Talk soon, Bill.
0: Appreciate it, buddy. There you go. Peter Bukowski, you can read his stuff. Locked on Packers podcast as well. At Peter underscore Bukowski. B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I. At Peter Peter underscore Bukowski. You can find his stuff there. Good, good stuff. And, Nobody knows. I mean, you know, for sure, we've all got our opinions, all have our ideas. You know, who do you want to see the Green Bay Packers take? Who do you, who are you kind of holding your breath for? I mean, everybody's going to have somewhere, some way, shape, or form. There's going to be, uh, whether it's a watch party or you're going to be watching on TV and listening to this broadcast, and you're going to be sitting there, you know, watching names come off the board, and, and we're going to have highlighters going, and we've got our top. You know, 60, 70 guys, and, okay, are they picking top 60, 70? Do they get out of that? Do they take a reach on somebody? Is there a flyer? Is there a trade? Do they trade back? What are you, Who are you hoping for? Who are you hoping for? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. A lot of thought in all of this as we sit here uh, just kind of watching traffic go by outside uh, the Ewing Hotel. Here in downtown Minneapolis, and just uh, kind of enjoying the sunshine and the day and all that kind of good stuff, and talking a little football, talked a little baseball. We'll get back into the draft talk when we come back. Got baseball talk to get back into a little bit of Bucks talk if you want to do that, and then back into the football talk with Mike Clements coming up in the last hour of the program. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com.